When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Delighted that you are there because what happened in Vegas will not stay in Vegas. I've got a lot to say. I am bursting with thoughts, plus the NBA playoffs. And Hembo is about to make the single biggest mistake of his entire life. All that and a whole lot more. Let's go. Here we go. (laughs) Only one place to start. (laughs) I wish you could have seen Graziano's face as I said that. He doesn't know what I'm referring to. You'll you'll have to be listening to hear it. It's not because you shellacked him again today in sneaky hembo trivia. Uh, but but Dan Graziano and Mike Tannenbaum have stuck around after get up good enough to be in studio with the Straight Talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no uh, compromise. So much to get into from the NFL draft. Let's go as big picture as we can. Then we'll work our way down smaller. Mike T. And you were doing the draft on ESPN Radio. If I were to ask you, name for me the single biggest winners, and it could be two or three if you want, coming out of the entirety of the weekend, be they teams, individuals, or whatever it is, who would you say? It has to be your New York Jets, our New York Jets. I mean, really, it's historic. You know, Jermaine Johnson, to me, is a better football player today than Kayvon Thibodeau. Like, he can play the run better. He's thicker. I, I thought he was a better player. So, when you think about it, a lot of teams have him in the top ten to get Sauce Gardner, who I still can't imagine why Derek Stanley went before him given his size, durability, and everything else, you know, to get the best receiver in Garrett Wilson, to get Jermaine Johnson, and, oh, by the way, the best running back in Brees Hall was outstanding. Here's what happened with the Jets this weekend, and I'm going to do a lot on this as we continue. But the Jets did unto the world what the world almost always does unto the Jets, which is to say there was a period of time where the New York Jets had drafted a quarterback ahead of the all-time leading passer, a running back ahead of the all-time leading rusher, and a receiver ahead of the all-time leading receiver. Mm -hmm. Those things happened. They drafted people at those positions ahead of Dan Marino, Emmitt Smith, and Jerry Rice. Now, astonishingly, the Jets got the best corner, and he wasn't the first one off the board. They got the best receiver, and he wasn't the first one off the board. And they got... Probably the second best pass rusher in this draft, and in the long run, maybe even the best, and he wasn't anywhere near the first one off the board. So Graziano, the Jets did ridiculously well. They got the best running back in the draft, too. I For mean, sure. He was the first there. running back taken. Right. So, but but yes. yeah, yeah, I get I get what you're saying. Look, they they yeah, look, that's the they had two two top ten picks, right? right. So that you should get that right, right? But, I mean, good for them for sticking to not not jumping up to try and get a guy they didn't have to. But, yeah, the move back into the first round to get Jermaine Johnson, I mean, that's a, that's a strong use of resources. I mean, you see they still made seven picks, so it's not as if they were, you know, you know foregoing their, their depth to do it. I mean, it's a player that could help them right away and in the long term. And what, what they had, and, and this is a good lesson, I think, for any team and all that, when you have a lot of picks, and Mike T, as a GM, you obviously know this, those don't necessarily have to translate into a lot of players. They are assets to be utilized any way you want. They give you that flexibility. And actually, the Jets general manager, Joe Douglas, of all the things he had ever done before this past weekend, I think my favorite 
was when he traded up to take the offensive guard last year, Vera, Elijah Vera Tucker, out of USC. He moved, packaged some stuff. That's why you have all this extra draft compensation. It's not just to take a whole bunch of good players. It's to get the specific ones you want sometimes. I completely agree with that. I mean, some of the best decisions in my career are trading up for Darrell Rivas, trading up for David Harris, trading up for Xavier Howard. Like, it, to me, it's always going to be quality over quantity if they check all those boxes. Again, going back to Jermaine Johnson, you know, I, I was making a bunch of calls the next day because I didn't understand why he slid. Like, you know, physical prototype, productivity. He was the best football player in Mobile in the Senior Bowl. I, I was floored he was still available. I thought for sure that Dallas was going to take him. You know, they lose Randy Gregory. Right. He's sitting right there. And to Joe Douglas's credit, he took advantage of the opportunity. So I agree with that completely. Let's go to the other side, Graziano, as we are here uh, with Graz and Tanabama. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Bundle and protect today under one roof. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Um, what has you scratching your head right now, Graz? What, what are things out there in the entire football universe that just do not make sense to you? I'm not sure what the Patriots were up to. And I know that, the, you know, Belichick, the history of success tells us that, you know, we shouldn't doubt it. But his recent draft history doesn't tell us that, right? So uh, I'm curious, you know, like, I'm not even talking about necessarily, I mean, you said the first round pick you said on Get Up, Mike, that you liked him. Cole but, Strange. Yeah, but I think he's a good football player. Yeah, Not, not necessarily a first round pick, but I, I mean, I get the whole psychology of like, I'm picking at the end of the round. I only had 18 first round grades. You know, I might as well just take a guy I like. But I, I just, I, I just feel like that. I, I don't feel like sometimes you watch the draft and you feel like Belichick's locked in and he's wheeling and dealing, he's trading down and he's making moves. And people go, oh, kind of like the Ravens did, you know, a few times. I, I didn't see much of that this year. Just to add to that, Gray, if I can, to Dan's point, at 21, there was the perfect Bill Belichick player, Trent McDuffie. He was high character. He was scheme versatile. Could play man and zone. Was a really good tackler. And, and to me, it was a screaming position of need. Guys, go back to that Buffalo playoff game. The Bills never punted. Like, I really think about, like, the and Dan Orlowski made a really good point about, like, how much have the, you know, Jets and the Dolphins closed the gap. Like, I worry about that Patriots secondary. Yeah, again, and, and the gap is Buffalo. Right. And, and, and I don't think anyone is arguing those teams are catching up to Buffalo. But catching up to New England, a team that has basically controlled the division for two decades, that may be the case. Um, the Green Bay of it all, I know that got a lot of attention over the weekend. Again, when, I, when you're doing the draft itself, you, you're so locked into the minutia of the moment. You know, like, what, where's Travis Jones going? <laughs> that, that to sort of, I, I've done the best I can over the last 36 hours to sort of step back and try and go a little bit big picture. Mike T., do you believe the Packers, with what they did and the receiver they took, Christian Watson, everyone I know loves. I mean, the, 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 the draft scouts love him. Do they have enough right now as constituted to be a legit Super Bowl contender in the NFC? On defense, they do. They need another veteran guy because, as you said today on Get Up, Greeny, the most catches a rookie receiver at any level that Aaron Rodgers has ever thrown to is 38, and it's going to take a minute coming from the FCS level. So to me... Be it Obel, Beckham Jr., somebody else, they need another receiver to compete meaningfully this year. And is there one of those out there in the world, Dan Graziano? We're at the point of the offseason where there aren't a lot of perfect solutions, right? But there are some, and Beckham is one who's still out there. You know, Julio Jones remains unsigned. Obviously, he's had a lot of health issues the last couple of years, but for a team like this, it might be worth a flyer on a guy like that. Jarvis Landry, uh, Will Fuller, the speedy guy that uh, used to play in Houston, he was a target of theirs, trade target uh, at the deadline a couple of years ago that they didn't 
get. So I, I think they'll still be in the veteran wide receiver market. I, I don't think they feel like that position is fixed. I just don't think Aaron Rodgers said it the other night. I don't think they're in position to get Debo Samuel away from the 49ers. Is anyone going to? Uh, maybe. I, I, think, I think it's still possible that he stays, that they can patch it up uh, and, and find a contract that, that keeps him happy. But the next turn in this story comes when we hit like mandatory minicamp time and see what, whether he shows up for that, whether he shows up and doesn't do anything, and, and whether he puts pressure on them to make a move. Remind everyone when that is, because the, they have June. these voluntary workouts. Yeah, or a, was it second, first, second week of June is a mandatory minicamp. So yeah. that, that's when we'll know. So that's what, six weeks away, thereabouts? Is that all it is? Uh, well, today's May, whatever second. it is, May 2nd. Yeah. So we're working our way towards it. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And for that, Tannenbaum, I come to you. Um, The other uh, hot topic of conversation today, we talked about um, the Packers and Rodgers and did they do enough? And then we can talk a little bit about the Eagles here. They, they, They moved aggressively. Did the Eagles supplant the Dallas Cowboys as the team to beat in the NFC East? I don't think so because of their quarterback, but they did a lot of great things to get A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith over the last... Two years, Greedy, is really like that is a dynamic group that should be together for five years. I really like Jordan Davis. Fletcher Cox is much closer to the end than he is the beginning. So they have really done a really nice job over the last two years. But to me, I'm just a big believer in Dak Prescott, although you did remind me if it comes down to the last two minutes, maybe we should uh, take that with a grain of salt. But I think what it does do is either attracts a quarterback in the veteran market next year or they're sitting there still with two first-round picks having the Saints first-rounder as well as theirs. So if they need a draft one, they'll have that flexibility as well. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. And then, uh, Graz, there's the Lamar Jackson of it all. And that was a confusing narrative or or story because we're sitting there doing the draft. The picks are, are moving along quite quickly. Then all of a sudden we get word that Hollywood Brown has been traded. Then all of a sudden people are texting me Lamar Jackson's reaction. Mm-hmm. So the only thing I can assume is, well, wow, they blindsided Lamar here. This is stunning that they would make this kind of move, you know, especially when he doesn't have a contract and all that. Then I wake up the next morning and I read that they said afterwards, oh, no, everyone was well aware this was coming. He's been asking for a trade for a while. He was at the Cardinals uh, draft party. So no one was taken by surprise by this. So how do we interpret, Dan, Lamar Jackson's reaction, which doesn't seem to make any sense? Yeah, a couple possible ways. One, everybody kept this quiet, right? So maybe this might have been his first outlet. <laughs> like he, was, he wasn't able to say anything until, until then. It also may be that as they got through the round – Lamar was, and again, speculating. It may be that Lamar was under the impression they were going to take a receiver with one of these picks, and when they didn't, uh, he expressed some frustration about that. But look, my understanding is he and Marquise Brown are very, very close friends, uh, and it's also possible that he was holding out hope till the very last moment that maybe it wasn't true, that they weren't going to have to trade him. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, but the sense I get in Baltimore is that they're not concerned about the relationship with Lamar Jackson, that as you said, that everybody knew what was going on uh, and maybe he was just sort of expressing some disappointment that had been building up. Fine, but but then that, then that would make me ask you, Mike Tannenbaum, like this is the franchise super, superstar. Right. And, and for him to be out there creating, making this into a way bigger story than it otherwise was. The trade of Hollywood Brown, who was, I think, a disappointing player by and large, and last year had a terrible season, and they got a first-round pick for him. Like, I think that was actually a pretty good, that was a win for the Ravens. But now Lamar Jackson has turned it, has chosen to turn it into a, oh my goodness, this is now a major problem in Baltimore thing. 
that that feels meaningful to me, you know, yeah. especially when he doesn't have a contract. And that's the big point right there to me. Like, if you want to tamp down all the noise, guys, just get the deal done. And to me, but he doesn't seem to want to. Everything I'm hearing is I, that it's him who's holding yeah. it up. Yeah, and that makes no sense to me. I mean, you have 230 million reasons to go <laughs> sign a piece of paper like that. Like to me, at some point, that's going to get really weird. And again, he walks in, he puts his feet up on Steve Bashai's desk and say, "Hey." Deshaun Watson did this. He gets $230 million. Look what I did. I don't want five cents more. But by the way, I'm not taking five cents less. So I don't know what he's waiting for. So, Dan, what? What? Like, what are people <laughs> that you're talking to saying about this? Like, I don't get it. Lamar Jackson is acting like something happened when we all know in reality something entirely different happened. Mm. And I don't know what to make of that. Well, look, there's two pieces to it. One is the, there's the draft night piece and Hollywood Brown and what he was tweeting uh, and the other is the contract piece, which has been going on for a year plus now. So, yeah, I think if that gets done, and a lot of times these things get done closer to training camp or right before the season, so it's possible it'll still happen. But my understanding through this process has been that the lack of urgency regarding the contract extension has been on Lamar Jackson's part, right. not the team's. So what is he waiting for that hasn't been put in front of him yet uh, is the key question. A lot of people point to the fact that he's working without an agent. His mother is effectively representing him in these negotiations. Uh, so that could be a complicating factor in ways that, that we may not be able to imagine. And I can tell you for firsthand, guys, that stinks from a club standpoint. There's a region, there are agents. I hated dealing with players representing themselves you obviously get things worked out, but we all know things are said in negotiations that are better left, not heard. And the fact that he represents himself has to be a complicating factor. So, I mean, that, that, that of all the things that happened this past week or so, however, what, four days, five days, that's the one I think I least understand. Mm. I, I mean, there are a lot of the other things that I think didn't make sense, but I understand why they happened. I just disagree with them. The, the Ravens one, there's a piece of this story that's missing. Like something has happened that we don't know what it is. And it leads me to wonder, like, could this ultimately mean Lamar Jackson isn't the quarterback of the Ravens for the next 10 years? Like, is that, is that what's going to ultimately happen here? If I was representing Lamar Jackson, I would be asking him that. Like, where would you be in a better situation? They've tailored the offense to you. You're with a great coach, a great owner. Like, I don't know what else. They he love can... him. He loves them. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, there's something missing. I, I don't know what it is. Guys, I could do this forever. As I said on TV today, I need more time. <laughs> it's just so much here. But Graz and Mike T, thanks a million, both of you guys. You. Awesome day today in every way. You know, 303 Products has your number with a full line of premium protectants and cleaners. They have everything you need to keep your car looking new longer. We will get the assembled members of the hashtag crew together in just a moment. I've got my thoughts on the draft and the NBA and a whole lot more. Stay there. It's Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. All right, I'm Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. I will give you my takeaways from the NFL draft this weekend about which I spoke a great deal, but did not get to give my opinion. So now I finally get to weigh in on some of the things we saw, and we have assembled the members of the hashtag crew around me today, so you'll hear from Hembo, and you'll hear from Nuno. We'll do those in 30 seconds after this from Straight Talk Wireless. Cutting the price of your wireless bill feels really good. Actually, it feels great. You should try it. So cut your bill by switching to Straight Talk Wireless, now offering the $45 Silver Unlimited plan with 5 gigabytes of hotspot and nationwide 5G on America's Largest, most dependable networks, the $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. A month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. All right, let's do this. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. All right, so the Green List, again, my top five, this, that, or the other, is uh, voted on exclusively by me, the world's foremost authority on all matters, uh, coming with with all of my takeaways from draft weekend and draft week, and we've already touched on number five. Number five. Which is that I'm completely confused by Lamar Jackson. And in case you're just turning on your radio right now, let me explain to you what we just talked about with Tannenbaum and Graziano, but that is... Living in the moment as I was on Thursday night, and there is no event in which you are more in the, the actual second than you are with the draft. So the first thing I get in my ear is the Ravens have traded Hollywood Brown. And I thought, okay, that's a surprise, but not a shock. Then people start texting me screenshots of Lamar Jackson's tweets. And I'm thinking, holy smoke. The Ravens didn't tell him they were going to do this. He was taken totally by surprise. Everyone knows their best friends. This is going to be a big story. Then I wake up in the morning and I'm reading all of this, the follow-up stuff. And apparently, everyone was well aware that not only that he was going to be traded, but that it's because he had requested a trade. That he had been requesting slash demanding a trade since going back to the season. Which kind of explains why he played so badly and, didn't, and was running out of bounds all the time and dropping balls and all the rest of it. So now I don't get it. Like, what is Lamar's endgame here? Let me bring Hembo in. What's Lamar doing? I, I just asked Graziano and, and Tannenbaum, and they didn't know. Do you? Like, no, what the heck is he doing? No, he needs to be mad at his boy, Hollywood Brown, and not mad at the team. Hollywood Brown is the friend that you that does, that does not invite you to their wedding. You send a gift to spite them for it, and they don't th- send you a thank you card. Right. That's my life, and that's Hollywood Brown and Lamar Jackson's life. Even if he knew... He was, you know, requesting or even demanding a trade. He shows up at the Cardinals draft party. Right. Be mad at him, not the Ravens. Further than that, there is an element of when you're the leader, the face of the franchise and the quarterback, one of your jobs is to sort of take potential firestorms and put them out. He lit one. Like the Hollywood Brown thing was not going to turn into a big story. He's not A.J. Brown. The Titans trading A.J. Brown is a big deal. He is a top-line, top-five receiver in the NFL. Hollywood Brown is not. Now, maybe he becomes that. Maybe what we're going to find out is that playing in that offense and with Lamar was not. This clearly the reason he wanted out of there. I think Lamar Jackson just took something that wasn't going to be a story and made it a story. 
So I, there's something going on there. I don't know what it is. I'm confused. Number four. Two players dropped stunningly to me. I don't know how well the, known these names are. Well, one of them is. It's Malik Willis, the quarterback from Liberty, who there was a moment in time where we were having conversations about would the Lions take him at two? And he wound up falling deep into third round and wasn't even the second quarterback off the board. That was stunning. Th- that, that was a startling drop. I remember when Aaron Rodgers fell into the 20s, whatever he went, 24, whatever number he went. And I remember Mike and I were doing that draft on radio and, and having a conversation with Rodgers about it in the moment. Falling to 24 is one thing. If Malik Willis even had fallen to, like when, when the first round ended and he hadn't been picked, I, the conversation amongst us was, who's trading up for the first pick of the second round to get him? The fact that he fell to the 86th pick and Desmond Ritter went ahead of him, that was a huge surprise. The other is N'Kobe Dean. Anyone who watched college football last year, my perception was that N'Kobe Dean was the best defensive player in the country. He was the best player on that team. Jordan Davis and Quay Walker and, and, and uh, Lewis Seen, all these other guys on that team that went ahead of him. N'Kobe Dean was the leader. He was the, he was the best player, I thought, on that defense. If he was six foot two, he would have been the twelfth pick in this draft. Because he's five eleven, he winds up falling into the third round. I think the Eagles got a steal. Now, what I've subsequently heard is that there were some questions about the medical. That some teams had some questions there. That's always part of this. That usually they keep as quiet as they possibly can. So I can't speak to that. But I'll, if that kid is healthy, I think he's going to be a great player. Great. I think he was the best linebacker in this draft. Inclusive of everyone, Devin Lloyd and Quay Walker, his two teammates um, in that in that class. I, I, I thought N'Kobe Dean was the best of those players, so I was very surprised that he fell the way he fell. Number two, the pa- oh, no, excuse me, I, I missed number three. Number three, number three, the Eagles are now the best team in the NFC East. Mm, preach to preach the it, delight of Hembo. Mm. I'm, I'm sorry that Bubba isn't here today because <laughs> the Cowboys, I believe, have fallen behind the Eagles. And we can talk about this at some length tomorrow when Bubba's back. I think that, that trading for A.J. Brown, stealing N'Kobe Dean, the Eagles had a great weekend. And oh, by the way, they still have two first-round picks next year. So they are set up as well as you can be set up. They've given Jalen Hurts every opportunity to succeed and succeed in a big way. And if he doesn't, they have the ammunition to make whatever big move they want next offseason. If they find out once and for all, okay, Jalen Hurts isn't our guy, then they have the flexibility, the maneuverability, go get one of the really good quarterbacks in next year's draft, or as Tannenbaum said, go get the next aggrieved quarterback. So if that's Lamar or it's Kyler Murray or it's whoever else it is, someone's going to shake loose that you're not expecting. The Eagles, I think, are set up. I believe they are the team in the NFC East for sure. Number two. Two is the Packers. Uh, They were never going to solve their wide receiver problem in this draft. So all this talk to me about, well, they didn't do that. I do not believe that Chris Olave, that Garrett Wilson, that Jamison Williams, that Drake London, that any of these guys was going to solve their receiver problem. I, I still believe they will need to do it with a veteran. If their if their defense is excuse me their offense is not going to take a marked step back for having lost Devontae Adams, I never believed a rookie was going to be the reason why. So I don't have as much a problem as a lot of other people do with them taking Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt, two defensive players in the first round, and then Watson, a def- uh, excuse me, a developmental receiver from North Dakota State. 
in the second, even though everyone loves him. He's big and he's fast. I think he could wind up being a very good player. I'm a little surprised they didn't go more aggressively after a veteran. Like, find a way to get A.J. Brown. If A.J. Brown was going to be available, I would have traded both my number one picks for him. And that would have made every difference. So to me, the answer was never going to be in this draft. But clearly, there's only one place to go at number one. Number one. And I'm embarrassed that it has taken me a half hour to get to this. The freaking Jets. We just kicked everybody's behind this weekend. You can lose the music over there, guys, and smoke them if you got them. We're going to be on this a while. I've waited my whole life to be able to say this. I remember where I was sitting when I heard Mel Kuyper say the words aloud. The New York Jets have just proven they don't know what the draft is for. Remember that? When we took Lagerman. How many times have, have the Jets been the laughing stock of the draft? How many times have we gotten it wrong, wronger than wrong? The Jets had the best draft I could ever imagine. If you had told me they were going to get Jermaine Johnson in this draft, I would have said to you, good. That's who we cook at 10? I love it. The fact that the Jets got him, what was it, 25, 26, is a miracle. That guy's great. If you told me right now, straight up, and, I, and, and, and Nuno, I'll come to you here, and, and I hope that Kayvon Thibodeau winds up being a terrific player. Kayvon Thibodeau, the Giants took him at five. If you told me right now I could either have gotten Jermaine Johnson or Kayvon Thibodeau, no other strings attached in this draft, I would have taken Johnson. He's a, he's a, he's a cleaner, better prospect. Thibodeau, I think, has massive potential, but there's a little boomer bust factor with him. So I hope he winds up being a great player for the Giants. I think Evan Neal, I think the Giants had a very good draft, or at least a very good first round. I was a little confused by some of the other things they did. But the Jets, Ahmad Gardner is the best corner in this draft. He was not the first off the board. He was the best. Garrett Wilson is the best receiver in this draft. He was not the first off the board. He is the best. Jermaine Johnson, I believe, lines up pretty evenly with any of the pass rushers in this draft. We took him 26th. Brees Hall is exactly what the Jets, when they announce the Jets have traded up, I get it in my ear ahead of time. So I got in my ear, the Jets have traded up to this spot. I thought, oh, great, we're going to take the running back because everyone said Buffalo was going to take him. I didn't want to lose the running back. The Jets desperately needed Brees Hall. That is a great pick in the second round. And the fact that Joe Douglas went up and got him, I'm telling you right now, that guy has won me over. The general manager has won me over. Now, there is only one, I don't want this to be perceived as negative, but this is a cautionary note. There are no excuses left for this coaching staff. They're not young anymore, they're not inexperienced anymore, and the Jets have the talent now. Now, I'm not saying I'm expecting the Jets to go 13-4 and and, 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 and win playoff games. But I am definitively expecting, and it is perfectly reasonable to expect, significant improvement. There were moments in time last year where the Jets looked like a team that didn't know what they were doing. And the coaches looked like they didn't know what they were doing. There's no time for that anymore. The player acquisition people have done their job. So for the coach and the coaching staff and the quarterback, no more excuses. So Robert Sala and Zach Wilson, now the heat's on them. The people in charge of getting them players, of putting pieces around the quarterback and of getting the coach players, they did their job. So I am as enthusiastic and excited about it as you could be. But there are no, there was, there are no room now for excuses. 
The quarterback has to prove that he was worth being picked where he was picked, and the coach has to prove that he knows what he's doing. And if those two things happen, then I think the Jets have a chance to just make, I don't know what that means, because the AFC is so loaded. So I don't know exactly what a, a, a dramatic improvement looks like, but we'll know it when we see it. Like the way the Supreme Court defines pornography. We'll know it when we see it. So those are my big picture takeaways from the NFL draft of this weekend, particularly that of my J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Let me bring in hashtag Nuno. What's that? What did he say? I I couldn't hear it. Who? The Jets? What what, what was that? What, What is that drop from? That was Tyreek Hill after he was traded. To oh, 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 okay. No, I didn't know that. I was, all right, fair enough. Nuno, I'm coming to you. Hashtag Nuno, your number one takeaway of whatever it might be from the now recently completed NFL draft. Um, it's cute that, you know, all your Jeff fans are, are excited about it. You should be because the season starts in a couple months and then you're back to reality. Uh-huh. No, actually, as a Giant fan, seeing them, what they did the first round – and the fact that there was so much disinformation out there that they put out there was beautiful. Like, you know, you heard, oh, they're not interested in, in Thibodeau. You heard, oh, they're love, you know, they're in love with, uh, with Cross. Like, previous regime, they loved the player. They took that player. There was no change in it. And this one, you didn't know that, like, um, you know, and they played everything correctly. They got the guy that they wanted, the, the pass rusher, and Thibodeau. And I think, yes, there is boom or bust, but I think there's something special about Thibodeau there is. Uh, I that, agree with that. that I just feel like he will be a difference. Let and me then, tell you what you know, else I like, loved I what they, they did. They got the guy they wanted. I don't mean to cut you off, but I'll tell you exactly what they did. When you got to five, knowing you had five and seven, you had to prioritize. I'm either going to be guaranteed the pass rusher I want or the lineman I want, Right. Because you could only guarantee one of them. You didn't know what Carolina was going to do. But by that point, I think everyone knew Carolina wasn't going to take the quarterback. So you did run the risk you were going to lose the guy you wanted. Maybe they take Neal or maybe they take Thibodeau. So they prioritized the guy they wanted. And they were willing to risk losing Neal because Cross would still be there more than they were willing to risk losing Thibodeau with Johnson still going to be there. And look, most of the rest of the league suggested that was the right decision because Johnson winds up lasting till 26 or 26. So I agree. I thought the Giants did very well. I actually thought when we woke up on Friday morning and my first reaction is, holy smoke, New York stole the draft. The two New York teams stole the draft. The two teams that share the worst record in the NFL over the last five years we're the biggest stars on draft night. So, Nuno, I'm with you. And that. real quick with the Giants, also the other thing, and then the rest of the draft, yeah, like the Robinson uh, pick was a little – There push. were other receivers yeah, there I and, like. and you picked a guy who's similar to the guy you have already, and, and Tony, and that there's been rumors about you trading They're gonna him. They're going to trade him, Although right? Shane said, no, it's not happening. But they ended up having – they what you realize with this draft if you didn't know it already like they have so they're so far away because they just built they picked guys that are going to hopefully just add to the roster depth because that's how bad things are let me get a quick take from uh, hembo here on and we'll have much more time for this as we go but what is your number one takeaway from the draft well do you want me to talk about the eagles or do you want me to talk about ed marinero's filibuster what would you prefer (laughs) (laughs) what would you prefer i felt bad for ed i really did like Uh, everyone is booing and yelling 
And like, obviously, he didn't know the drill. <laughs> you know, he's an actor. No one gave him his lines. Like no one told him, despite the fact that this is a very nice moment for you. They just want you to walk out there, say how happy you are to be there and read the pick <laughs> and then be done. Like no one told poor Ed that. Um <laughs> So that I felt kind of bad for him, to be honest. But for, for a producer to, in a headset to actually have to run out there and be like, you want to get over? You want to get on with this, please? I, I felt embarrassed for him. <laughs> what was your takeaway on the Eagles? I don't think there was a team in the NFL that improved itself over the weekend more than the Eagles did. For as awesome as the Jets and Giants drafts were, prospects will break your heart. A.J. Brown is not a prospect. He's a proven number one wide receiver, and the Eagles paired that move with a really, really good draft, which included Jordan Davis, which included N'Kobe Dean. I'm not sure there was a team in the sport that improved itself more, and I agree with you. I think that's the team to beat in the NFC East. All right, I I like that. I'm going to save the read coming up here because I want to make sure we have plenty of time for basketball. This is Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can help you protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, RV, and more. If something wasn't mentioned that you had in mind, find out if it can be covered at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE because it probably can be. i got to get through all the NBA stuff coming up. Our cup runneth over next on ESPN Radio. Who? The Jets. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. We'll dive into my NBA takeaways here in 30 seconds after this word from ZipRecruiter. The job search can be a frustrating journey filled with long, lonely hours on the computer and countless attempts to get noticed by employers. ZipRecruiter gets it. No one wants to feel alone in their job search, and that's why ZipRecruiter's AI does so much of the work for you. Saves you time by sending you jobs you can apply to with one click. 
and they pitch your profile to employers so you stand out. Job seekers, feel the love. Sign up for free at ZipRecruiter.com. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com. Okay, we just ran through all our draft stuff here. A really busy little juncture in the sports world. I mean, let's go through some of the things that happened in the NBA <clears throat> while I was gone. And I guess coming out of yesterday, we have to start with the Draymond thing. Right? Does that feel like the most important thing? Yeah, that was the biggest talker, I thought. So, I'll tell you what the Draymond thing reminds me of. For those of you who didn't follow what happened yesterday, he gets thrown out in the second quarter of Game 1 against Memphis for a flagrant two that was debatable. And he stays in the arena. He's standing there emphatically hugging all his teammates as they come off the court after holding on for a one-point win. Then he leaves the building without talking to the media, goes back to his hotel and records a podcast, which he releases, and, and sort of defends himself. And... Brian Windhorst suggested on TV with us this morning that one of the reasons he's arguing that it didn't belong as a flagrant two is those points add up. And so once he gets four flagrant points in the postseason, which he now has two, he will be suspended for a game. That's why he got suspended during the NBA Finals. It was, the, it was all the points adding up. It wasn't just kicking LeBron in the ding-ding. So, <laughs> so, so here's what I would say. Do I believe that had to be called a flagrant two and have him thrown out of the game? I do not. But I do not think it was egregious. I think the tugging on the jersey and throwing, sort of throwing him down and then trying to catch him when he realized what he had done, I think that rises to the level where he put himself in position where he allowed the officials to make that call if they wanted to. And the one thing you have to say about Draymond is he has forfeited the right to get the benefit of the doubt. He's lost that, and that's not on anyone but him. And I'll tell you what it reminds me of. When I was covering the Jordan Rodman Bulls, and Rodman being the key point here in the late 90s, Rodman got suspended for something, and I remember the big debate that we had on Sports Talk locally in Chicago at the time was, did Rodman deserve that? Would they have suspended anyone else for that? And my take at the time was, They probably wouldn't have. But that doesn't mean it's the wrong thing to do. When you're Dennis Rodman and you have pushed a player into a stanchion and done all the dirty things he had done over the years, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. And that's the case with Draymond. So quickly, Nuno, I'll just come to you. That's my takeaway is I don't think that they have to throw a player out for doing what Draymond did. And I think his reputation did play into it. And I think that's okay. What about you? No, I completely agree. It was... I can see why people, especially the jersey pull, is the egregious part of his uh, of what he did. And yes, you take the, we take that into consideration. Oh, it's Draymond. He's he does slightly dirty things, and and he does, and that's why we're kicking him out. So I'm good with that. The other thing to get into from yesterday, let's just sort of go through the games if we can. Milwaukee, that stunned me. I was shocked by how one-sided that game was, by how their demolition of the Celtics yesterday. Noon, uh, Hembo, what was your takeaway from it? That Boston shot 10 of 34 from two. I've never seen anything like that um, in an NBA playoff game. I think it's not only the obvious difference between how the Nets and the Bucks play defense, um, but, it's all, but, it's, <laughs> um, but it's also, I think, the fact that in an NBA right now where scoring is through the roof in the regular season, 
we're seeing that the differentiator amongst great teams is defense in the playoffs. There's no sport for which there's a larger gap or bigger difference between regular season and playoff basketball. Right. I think the Bucks may have figured this thing out. And even without Chris Middleton, they won that game easily. Yeah, because I think that on some level, um, his name just jumped out of my head, the guy that they start in place of him was like 6'10 and made all the threes yesterday. Portis? Portis. Bobby Portis. He, you put him, Giannis, and Lopez in the starting lineup – they're like 21 feet tall. I mean, that's a ridiculously tall group. And, and so I think that was a major factor. And then the third thing I wanted to get in here, and we'll have more time for NBA as we go because I'm up against it. I feel terrible for Embiid. Oh. I really do. And I'm not a Sixer fan. I'm not, it's not whether I'm rooting for them or not. I know you obviously are. But I have great admiration for Joel Embiid. That guy plays with his heart on his sleeve. You can see how badly he wants it. He is the anti-James Harden in that regard. I like Embiid a lot. And if he was going to go down this year, I don't know that they would have beaten Miami anyway. But now he's got a torn ligament in his thumb and a fractured orbital socket. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, what was the old Monty Python movie where they keep cutting pieces off the guy and he keeps falling and he keeps saying, no, it's merely a flesh wound? Like, how many things are going to have to happen to him before they have no chance? They have no chance now. So one of the reasons you trade for James Harden and you don't wait to the summer to trade Ben Simmons is for the possibility that this happens. If you're shorthanded in the playoffs for any reason, if there is ever a time for Harden to prove that he's still a superstar, it's over the next two weeks. That's adorable. That is an adorable take from you. I'm so, I'm moved by that take. All right, we'll get Gary Bettman in here as the NHL playoffs start tonight. And we got a million more things to do. Stay there, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.